range, so I'm trying to get this idea of it down. It's a lot of juggling, you know what I mean? You gotta send the links out, but you gotta have it ready to go. Okay, sweet. Got three of us in here. How are you guys doing? Thanks for tuning in. All right. This is Jameson on the Rocks, podcast number 12. This is the Edward Van Halen tribute. We're here because yesterday we lost probably the greatest guitarist ever to do it. Probably. In my opinion, for sure. Probably talk about that for a while. I've got a bunch of great guests calling in. Pretty stoked about. Um, I wrote a few things down that I wanted to say about him. His legacy and everything. I'm probably going to play some guitar. I've got the guitar right here. i got it mic'd up. And this episode will officially be out tomorrow. So if you do have to tune off for any reason, uh, you can listen to it tomorrow on Spotify and everything. But yeah, Eddie, 65 years old. TMC broke it. Uh, TMZ, my bad. But I'm not too... They say... It, I think they went with the grab story, which is that he... He had metal picks in his mouth, and he played with. He just held him in his on his tongue for so long that eventually he got throat cancer, which is like the grabby title. But honestly, it's probably the fact that he smoked cigarettes for like forty five, fifty years, as well as drank forty five, fifty years. I assume he cleaned up in his fifties. I know I read a Guitar World magazine in like twenty thirteen, and he was sober. So although the pick theory, I'm honestly I don't really know, but it just seems like that's like a really grabby, like oh this is why he died when really it was probably just the cigarettes he smoked and all that stuff. Either way, you hate to lose him. He's one of the best to ever do it. He invented techniques like tapping, tap harmonics, uh, maybe not invented, but he perfected tremolo picking, flutters, dive bombs, guitar innovation. He changed the way guitars looked. He changed the way people play them. Dude was just legendary, so yeah, you can't beat him. I I've, I wrote out top three live videos, top ten underrated songs, top ten solos, top three live watch, top three live versions of Eruption, um, and I have a list of people I'm about to start calling because yeah, just want to get into it with some people. I like having guests. I like people. If you guys want to comment, I'll try to answer anything I can. Just a little backstory for me on him. I've pretty much been worshiping him for about ten years now. He's always I've always just wanted to be Eddie Van Halen, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, I didn't. I never really wanted to sing. I just wanted to be Eddie Van Halen, man. He's jumping around. He's smiling. He's having a good time. I mean, talk about the master of just having a good time out there. A lot of guys me mug around, and he's just smiling away, just timeless. <laughs> So I'm about to six fifty. I'm about to go ahead and give my first guest a call. We're we're just starting with the calls, by the way. So if we have some technical difficulties, bear with me. Okay, about to get Mr. Josh Tillman on the phone. Let's see how it sounds. Let me know if you guys can't hear the phone calls as well. Give me a comment. Mr. Josh Tillman. What's up, man? How are you doing, my friend? You're on the Jameson on the Rocks podcast. I'm doing good, man. I'm glad <laughs> to be here. This is such a weird way to do things. This is funny. <laughs> I know. It's cool. I've literally got a SM57 sitting over the phone right now, and you're on speaker. <laughs> oh, that's Jay. It's genius, though. If it works, it oh. works. See, I don't have time to get all these fancy setups and shit, Josh. You just got to throw a mic on something and go with it. You know what I'm saying? 
Exactly. Hey, that's the <laughs> rock and roll way to do it. You know? you know it, man. You know it. Well, you know why you're here today. We're here to celebrate Mr. Edward Van Halen, who we unfortunately lost yesterday. Where were you at when you heard the news, man? What'd you think? Uh, I was sitting at my kitchen table, um, just with my family and, uh, just, we all were kind of doing our own things. And all of a sudden I just looked down on my phone. All of a sudden somebody put a thing and said, you know, like rest in peace, Edward Van Halen. Mm-hmm. And I just was it all. It's like, I felt like all the blood went to my head, you know, really? it was crazy. I was, I just did not expect it. It was so exactly. random. Yeah. I mean, we've all heard the rumors said he wasn't doing well, but like, you just don't expect it. You just, you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. Oh, no, I had I knew he had cancer, um, mm-hmm. and obviously he had been battling it for a while, but I didn't know it was just going to all of a sudden exactly. take such a turn for the worse, you know? Yeah, for real. Because, like, I mean, I, you've seen that. I don't know if you saw it. He posted a picture, or somebody posted a picture of him on Instagram, like, three months ago. And he was looking pretty rough, but I was like, he's got the money to fight it. Like, I just thought that he would make it, you know what I mean? Like, I just, you just never think the worst. Oh, of course. Well, yeah. and I think I saw something. I'm not sure if this is exactly correct, but it, you know, it said that his cancer had spread to his brain and his other organs and things. I heard that you too. Know, once, yeah, once something like that happens real fast, I mean, I don't think, unfortunately, I, it's so sad. I don't think That's there's true. much they could do. It just kind of yeah, takes the surprise, surprise, which is such a horrible way for that to happen. You know, it really is because it's been a while. I mean, he had part of his tongue cut out in like early 2000 like it's probably 2010 i don't know if have you read about this him getting his tongue cut out yeah he got that section cut out from yeah. the pick well, do you correct? know when that was uh i guess it was god this was a while ago right yeah it's got to be at least 10 years man so he's had cancer Something for a while like I want to say 10 years, I, I think, is what I read, too, online. That would sound about right, so maybe 2010, yeah. But I was saying at the start, I mean, they say it's the metal pick that caused it, but honestly, it's probably the cigarettes, you know what I mean? Like 45 years of cigarettes and boozing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is, is yeah, the pick yeah. just like a well, like a title grab, you know what I mean? Kind of clickbait? Well, it's true, and it, it, could, it could also just be one of those big, unfortunate, um, you know, mixtures of mm-hmm. being a, you know a two-pack-a-day smoker and the, the maybe the pick and all that had to do with it but i mean yeah definitely he definitely even said himself i think that the, the alcohol and drugs and the cigarettes probably didn't do him well for didn't the rest help. of his life you know for sure yeah well i mean yeah when i saw tmz broke the news i was like oh my god is this even real and then it was i was like oh my fucking goodness just like walked around for a while yeah. i was like man damn it could lost anybody yeah, man. With TMZ, I wasn't really sure. I thought, well, okay, this is the first outlet. And they, they are weirdly usually on top of it when it comes to... That is uh, weird, isn't it? Deaths of famous people. They're usually the first one. And so sometimes you're like, well, maybe not, or maybe... They, I mean, I remember when Prince died, the same thing. It was yeah. TMZ. Shit, man. Well, it's but tough. Yeah, it's but yeah, I just... Like, like you said, me and you were texting yesterday. I was thinking, man, dude, literally yesterday he just said, I'm going on tour with Sammy. I'm going on tour with Dave. I'd have been there. It wouldn't have mattered. You know what I mean? Oh, I would have been there too. Just yep. to see him. You know what I mean? That's one of those bands where you could just go see Eddie and you'll have a fucking great time. Yeah, well, I remember you and I talked about on the podcast we did, I think briefly, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about how I, I'm pretty sure we both went and saw the different kind of truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing the t-shirt like now. 2012. Yeah, it was 2012, wasn't it? Uh, Phillips Arena, right? Yep, and we were, you know, I was like 14, you know, but I, I had to. I had to see him. You and had I just, to, yes. Even in the nosebleeds, I was fixated on him all 
the whole concert, you know? Yes, man. It was like, it didn't even matter that, like, you know, obviously Dave's vocals aren't what they used to be. And, like, right. it didn't matter. You're just going to see Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. remember Eruption exactly. being extremely good that night. I mean, obviously, I've never seen him but that time. But, like, I just remember thinking, damn, he has still got it. And he's better, you know what I mean? Yep. He sat down on the drum riser. Yeah, he did. Yep. He always takes his in-ears out. Have you noticed that? He does what? He'll take his in-ears out right as he's starting eruption. Watch any Oh really? Yeah, watch any video from like the reunion tour in twenty twelve and right before he starts playing eruption, he'll play a little bit of it and then he'll take his in ears out, which is weird. Huh, I wonder if you can hear it. He feels like it's better you know, hear it that way. Or... I've never played with in-ears, so I kind of always wondered why he did it. Huh. Interesting. I yeah. mean, a lot of guys, you know, they're, they're using in-ears. They're trying to save the little bit of hearing they have left. Mm-hmm. But maybe he just kind of said, you know, screw it. When you <laughs> play an eruption, you know? He's got to do it. Oh, yes. All right. So let's move on to his legacy, man. I, I wrote out a shit ton of stuff like top 10 most underrated <laughs> songs, top 10 solos, albums live in your opinion what is your favorite van halen riff just off the top of your head i know it's a tough question uh favorite riff um well there's for me there's different categories because he was you know as a multifaceted player i can immediately think okay little guitars i love that song Mm -hmm. love that cool but then i also go like center swing you know i mean also like it just depends it's me it's like there's the dirt, and then there's the. He could also. I mean, he was. You know, he can do anything from Spanish Fly and Cathedral oh, yeah. to yeah, straight up just heavy. So um, I like that yeah, answer. There is different categories. There's like the clean, like super silk shit, and then there's the like just absolutely ripping it. Mm-hmm. So he's very versatile. Exactly. Great rhythm player. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, he's. It's a one guitar band, and that's all you need because he can do it all. You know, it's real man, and it's they sound like a two guitar band. He sound he's so fucking big sounding. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, I think my favorite thing that I just thought of about Van Halen records, which you know, when I record my songs or a lot of other people's songs, mm-hmm. you hear recorded. You know, they don't really. They usually, were, if they're a one guitar band, they record a rhythm track underneath. Absolutely. But I thought it was always so interesting that in their songs, ninety percent of the time, sometimes they would, but there's a lot of times where he would go for a lead and it's just drums, you know, it's yeah, Michael Anthony yeah. and Alex, and he's enough of a player that he can make up that space. So true. I mean, it still sounds humongous. You're not like missing anything. You exactly. Know what I mean? Not not many people can do that. Fucking, like, when was the last time you've heard a a single guitar on a record in the past 15 years? Maybe 20. Oh, no. I mean, people, you know, they... Never. Yeah, never. Because people layer in the way of doing everything. I mean, they cut all those records live, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the way to do it, man. You you would never hear something like that anymore. I can't think of the last time I heard a one guitar with no overdubs. (laughs) Just unheard of now. Well, he, he didn't go, okay, let me play the rhythm, and then yeah. let me overdub the lead later. No, he just said, let me play the rhythm and go straight into the lead. Just nailed it, you know? <laughs> I like how, I think we talked about this on our podcast, I like how they do the thing, they have an echo chamber, and like the whole right yeah. side is just the echo. So that's why it sounds huge on the record as well. Yeah, you pan yeah. it like left and right, so you got the guitar yeah. in one. Well, if you take your earbuds out, you can just hear the echo. Or you just Absolutely, hear the guitar. yeah. Yeah, I think you take the right earbud out, or no, I think you take the left one out, and all you hear is just the echo. And yeah, I'd read this. Uh, I'd read this one thing that Eddie in like 1979 was riding in a car in Japan, 
and the right speaker or the left speaker was shot and he called like Ted Templeman saying like, oh my God, you can't hear my guitar if the left speaker's out because <laughs> all I could hear was the echo. And Ted had to explain uh, to him that it was just the reverb and that's why it works like that. Uh, I was like, so damn, that's funny. And it gives, you know what, that is a neat technique because it gives, the, it does give him more of a um, wide it really does. spectrum of yeah. sound, you know, when he's mm-hmm. only one player, but he had that anyway, man. I just, yeah. I, I guess I went a little far, but if I had to narrow it down to one riff that I think is my favorite of all time, it's probably, I just have to say Women in Love. Yeah, it's a great song. one. Great song. I like the breakdown in that song. Mm-hmm. Where they're just talking, oh, that's another thing. Okay, Women in Love's a great answer, by the way. That's in my list of top 10 underrated songs, by the way. But um, they're really great. It's something I noticed. I was listening today. I just listen all day, you know. They do really great fucking breakdowns, man. Like right after the second chorus, you know, Unchained, they'll bring it down and get real quiet, and Dave will say some funny shit. They do the same thing in Women in Love, don't they? They kind of cheer for a second. They kind of do that. The one I can think of is like Mean Street, you know? Yeah, yeah. It gets down, and then it just goes right back up, and you're just... You're along for that ride, which is so yes. cool. Yeah, they're so good at that, man. Just great little great little songs. They, they really don't have that many long songs, you know what I mean? I can't think of one over six minutes. Can you? Oh, no. I, I, maybe is Hear About It Later a longer one because the intro, uh, maybe? Maybe. I feel like Hear About It Later might be five minutes. But, but yeah, still, maybe four or five. I don't think they slipped one time and went over six minutes. No shit throughout the whole catalog. <laughs> no, which is interesting because they're this heavy rock, you know, like heavy guitar band, but you know they have that kind of like not pop sensibility, but they have that kind of accessible. Yeah, yeah. Song thing. They pack I'd say a lot pop. Their minutes, which is great. Yeah, it really is. I'd say it's a pop sensibility. I mean, those background vocals sound like Beach Boys pop to me sometimes. You know, like really just catchy as fuck. Him, Eddie, that's another thing, too, is a lot of people, of course, talk about the guitar playing. And, and Michael Anthony has a big part in this as well. But Humongous. Eddie and Michael's background vocals are they're just phenomenal. They're the height, man. It's, they're, it's just amazing. It's just that three-way harmony just, God, it adds another layer to the band that you just wouldn't have had. Yeah. And, and I know, people don't think about that, but it's true. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's so essential, dude. And Mike, Mike's was even bigger, I'll say, of course. I mean, everybody knows that. Mike's, that high voice he has is ridiculous. But then oh, you've got so Eddie just supporting Dave with the third up on just about everything, I think, which is fucking great. Well, he's playing his ass off on the guitar, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. who does he's, that? He's literally ripping it and still manages to sing incredibly well. I don't yeah. know how much you know. I'm sure you know a lot, but, like, you know, at one point in time, Eddie was the lead singer, like, at the start. Have you heard about this? In the beginning, yeah. Yes. He was, the lead singer was like a three-piece, like cream kind of thing. Yeah, I wish they had a recording of that, man. That'd be kind of wild to listen to. That would be cool. I, you know, I bet he has a, real, a good voice. You know, I yeah. think it's just the the front man persona and the, the needing to focus on guitar playing full-time is a, it's a nice relief to have. Yeah, but, like if, um, if he had to be the singer... Maybe he probably wouldn't have been able to innovate as much. Well, he probably still would have put it off, but like it would have held him back a little bit. Yeah, because you got to multitask, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Because he had to write the lyrics, and I mean, you know, or just whatever. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it kind of enabled him to really hone his craft, to, I think, and, and shine in that way. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I love listening. I love watching him live on YouTube because, dude, it's like it's like the intro to Unchained or something, and he'll throw just like a sweet ass little tapping lick in there. 
just like in between two chords. Like just Dave stops singing for one second and he sends you into some freaking amazing little lick. It's like, oh my God, who does that? Most people would just hold it down and try to make it to the solo, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's an interesting player in a yes. way that my dad, who also plays guitar, we constantly, uh, you know, I won't, I won't say frustrated, but sometimes because, you know, somebody that's that much of an innovative player, they mm-hmm. play guitar solo on tape, they put it down, and then the people listen to the record they buy, and they, they want to hear it like that, but then you hear Eddie play live, and because he's such an inventive player, it's like every time he played, he played a new solo. And so yeah. the listener's like, ah, oh, damn, I want to hear the one on the record, but yeah. he's so good and it's on fire. So, it's like, so fucking he good. He can't contain himself, you know? That's true, yeah. I mean, I feel like he'd just be bored if he was playing the same thing every time. Right, it's not planned out, even though sometimes yeah. I guess we just meant to be. <laughs> he's got like the form there, and he just kind of stays around it. Like he, he's too good to play it the same every time, you know what I mean? Like that would just be boring to him. Which is yeah, super interesting because exactly. just about, I mean, most other people are just sending the solo from the record every damn night. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, there's yeah. not really much play there because they go, oh, I wrote this. This works. Here uh-huh. we go. He goes, well, yeah, I wrote that. That works. But like, what about this? Absolutely. You know? Yes, 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 yes. Do you have any other favorite riffs? I'm sure there's, I mean, obviously there's a hundred riffs you like by But give me your your top three off your head. You got top Women in Love. Um... I wish I could expand on, but okay, I, I'm the one. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like a blue um, shuffle. Oh yeah, it's fantastic, <laughs> and and it's just a, well, and the the fast nature of it too is crazy. God, it's um, so quick. I've always liked Little Dreamer. Little it's, Dreamer. it's not a hard yeah. song, but I love Little Dreamer. It's a clean little. I mean, I feel like it's uh, an underrated song. I'd say, like, uh, just from that oh, first definitely. record. God, that they're killing it, man! It's got a nice build to it. It's a great song. Yeah, that yeah. That, that those are um, some of the, my favorites, and uh, I'm trying to think of uh, to represent my. And I, I we talk about fair warning the whole because that's oh, an yeah. album. That's my favorite, but maybe yeah. individual riff, maybe uh, God, maybe maybe beautiful girls. You know, those yeah. Three a lot of people say that. I've had a lot of people say that to me. It really is a good riff. I feel like that's a song that you never hear on like ninety seven one or anything. That's like fucking perfect for radio. Well, you should. Oh, you should. Yeah, I mean, you it's know like what I mean. A summer rock, yeah. you know, older, but like. Maybe I just song. don't listen to the radio enough, but I feel like I just never hear anybody talk about it unless they're talking about that riff at the start. Yeah, no, and I've always loved that song, and and of course, like Hot for Teacher, and yeah. and I'll wait. Yeah, you know, like that's on my top ten legs. underrated songs. Is is I'll Wait's on there? That's another one nobody talks about. That's fucking awesome. Oh, dude, that's such a good song. Oh, oh, it really even, like you know the words, Dave's lyrics. I mean, it's a good song to me all the way through. It really is. Um, I had read something that he he found. It's some poster of a girl he found. He put it on the wall and wrote it about her. So that's what I'll Wait is supposedly about. Have you heard uh, that? Very cool. Yeah, I think that sounds familiar. Like he was it like a newspaper clipping or something. Yeah, it was, it was something like, like that. Just some girl in an ad, apparently. I was Very like, well, neat. damn, yeah. that's cool, and that's a great that's song. That's awesome. another one you don't hear on the radio that much. No, no. I don't know. I guess and I guess I got to stick to the I, hits. I think the if I was gonna go into underrated songs, the first one that comes to my head that I love that I don't think anybody would have probably ever mentioned. Uh-huh. Is again, fair warning, is uh, Dirty Movies. Ooh, that's a good one. Great. Oh, is wait. Is that on your list? Yeah, that is on my list. Yeah, it's it's low, but it's on my list. I love that one. 
Wait, is that the one where they clap at the end? Yeah. That's the one where, yeah. yeah, Okay. um, You know, it's like talking, obviously, like up on the silver screen. Yeah. They're all clapping. Yeah. Greatest thing you've ever seen. Yes. That is such a great song. Yeah. That was number nine on my top 10 underrated. I'm going to give those all the way later. So you should tune in on YouTube and check that out. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, We're actually live streaming right now. Did I tell you that? Got a few people tuned in. What's up, people? Oh, very cool. And then I I'm just going to post it like a regular podcast tomorrow. So I figured this would be a fun way to do it. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I like the live streaming. It worked out yesterday pretty yeah, well. Yeah, it did. So. I appreciate that. appreciate you tuning in and giving me some good requests. It was a lot of fun. I, was, I just kept typing center swing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck, he's giving me such good ones that I don't know. No, uh, that's, a, that's just like my... My, yeah, that's my. I just that again. Like I can't stress. I, I like all the Van Halen catalog, and mm-hmm. I love Eddie's playing. But that record to me is like the. It's like that gem, you know, unearthed gem. And what's funny is it's the lowest selling one. Oh, I know. We and I think we talked about that. Before. We did. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? It's yeah, so really good, man. I've got it sitting right great. here in front of me. I'm gonna show it to the people because you know I have it on cassette. Did I show you the cassette while you were here? No, I didn't. You did. I have the the LP. Like I got the vinyl. Oh yeah, that's cool. I've got it on cassette. I got it on cassette at um Lo-Fi or or Lo Yo downtown. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the Lo Yo. Yeah. Yeah, it was five dollars, and it's just a cool cover and everything. So I had to get it. And I'm just looking at yep. this record, dude. This is, I mean, the guitar is just so good on this one. So oh, fucking good, man. We got it's the guitar record. <laughs> number first song, Mean Street. Fucking great song, killer intro. Number two, yep. Dirty Movies, great fucking song. Center Swing, Hear About It yep. Later, it's probably one of my favorite songs I ever made. Unchained is definitely my favorite riff he ever yes. did. Push Comes yeah. to Shove, I love that one. Do you like that one? Yeah, that's a great, I mean, not one of my like top spins, but yeah. like I still like it in the context of the record, you know? Push Comes to Shove, it has a really great solo. Really? I Have don't you ever really noticed? That. It's got a really no, good, he does this tapping thing that's really cool, like he's uh, sliding down with it. He said it was very uh, Alan Holdsworth or Helmsworth inspired. Alan Holdsworth, yeah, the jazz like music yeah. guy. Yeah, he said it was super inspired by him. And uh. that, I love that song. That's in my top 10 underrated. I'm going to give them all away before it's time. <laughs> but, uh, so This Is Love. Is so also This Is Love, record. dude. That was a great, that was a single and it didn't really do that well. I don't understand. That, to me, if you can, if you can mix pop sensibility of diamond dave and then eddie's playing into like a jumpy number the lead in that song the solo of that song's great it really is Fantastic. yes it's I upbeat it's happy i mean i don't understand what mm-hmm. the radio meant i think it charted in the low 40s oh geez that's such a bummer yeah it is a bummer but such a shame it went platinum i mean the record went platinum it's just their lowest selling one which is just crazy to me because I, I guess it is kind of dark the cover is kind of dark compared to the rest of the records you know it's a dark record but still yeah, it's not as, I guess it's not, it doesn't have those beautiful girls or yeah. dancing away kind of tracks. Um, it, it doesn't have any party rock, I guess. You know what I mean? In a way. I think was was Eddie's thing. Is I think I remember reading one time, maybe yesterday, I don't remember, that obviously he and Dave butted heads about the, the, the vision and the direction of the band. Mm-hmm. And that was a record where they did because, you know, yes. Diamond Dave wants to do jumpy poppy, you know, like oh, yeah. party rock. And then you've got, I mean, Eddie's just, you know, he's a musician's musician a million times over, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and that record's kind of like his. He kind of won out on that, which is awesome. For I us. think so. Yeah, to me, it worked out. <laughs> I think so for sure, dude. This is the first record with overdubs. I think, or mm, the first record with a lot of overdubs. My bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they didn't just cut it live to tape. Yeah, I think it yeah. was uh mainly just in the solos though. That's the only time you really hear him do it. He'll lay down some rhythm in the back. You know, he's getting more experimental in the studio. You know, but that's the that's when it that's when it well again that's when it works out good for us because <laughs> I again if they only ever made the first couple of Van Halen records, it would still be legendary. But for me, like in my listing, it's just like that record blew me away. Boy, it was it. really like wow. Every time, every time. The weakest song on there is One Foot Out the Door, and it's not terrible. It's just not something I'm turning on. No, it's just, you're not going to go pick it out of the context. But, yes. you know, if it plays on there, it's you know, okay. all right, you know. I mean, and that's not bad. We're talking about, let's see, what is that, nine out of ten? Six, seven song, nine, yeah, yeah. nine, like, whatever. Fuck's sake, I mean, that's a great record. I mean, and I did read yep. that they made One Foot Out the Door, literally. They just needed another song, so... Eddie had a synth riff, and they just fucking did it in 10 minutes, which is crazy. Build it up in there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, sometimes it happens. Have I you guess, ever heard yeah. the story? I guess this is 81 this came out, or 82, that mm-hmm. Eddie tried, that he mentioned to Gene Simmons about leaving the band and joining Kiss. Have you heard this? Yep. Yeah, because yeah, Ace Frehley was going to leave or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. That was This is the same period. So Eddie was thinking about leaving the band in 81, man. He made it three more years. <laughs> Three more years. Thank God. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, I don't know if you're much of a fan of the, the you know, Hagar era is the Roth era. I mean, I, I enjoy not, it. I'll listen to I it. I do like it. I do like it. I like 5150. I like OU812. Those are great records. I just, when I think of Van Halen, I think of that original lineup. Oh, of course. As and everybody not, does. There, there's nothing wrong with them, but they just don't have the same. Yeah, it's not the same. Hagar, he's great, dude. He's a good singer. He's a way better singer than Dave is in theory. You know what oh, I mean? Amazing, yeah. Yeah, and fifty one fifty, I feel like fifty one fifty is definitely their pinnacle with him, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's maybe a handful of songs after that that are good, but they're not. Yeah, the, the albums album start kind of going downhill. The idea of the album is a lot lower. The quality, I think. But like fifty one fifty, it's got summer nights. It's got fifty one fifty. It's got why can't this be love? Best of Both Worlds is a good song. Best of Both Worlds, great song. It's got that one song with that weird guitar on it. Um, it's a good record. I think it's really good. I think it's a great listen. I, if I'm in more like a, I won't say romantic, but like not party mood, like I'll definitely turn on 5150 yeah. and be like, oh, here's some, here's some good piano ballads that are great. Yeah, and the, you know the keyboards are things because like as a pretty much classically trained pianist, I mean the dudes, the dudes are you know definitely. He's no slouch in the music department besides guitar. <laughs> None so at all. It's yeah. funny that you know people are like, ah, oh, it's not really you know I'm tuned out because there's piano. It's like, but you know, yeah, if you wild. still play the same songs like Van Halen one, it's not going to be a progression. Yeah, true. I mean, he, he just didn't want to keep doing the same thing. I understand that. Yep. I mean, honestly, the so, first five or all the records with Dave, except for maybe 1984 and Fair Warning, are pretty fucking similar. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And, uh, Diver Down's kind of weird, but it is I said the weird. first three are pretty much the same. Pretty much, yeah. Like, they just kind of had them all done. They went in there and they did them live. It's them. Occasional acoustic song. I mean, they're, they're all <laughs> fucking great, which is amazing, honestly. Nowadays, if you're a band and you don't fucking innovate every record, you're like, damn, every song sounds the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. I mean, you look how close, how close they came out. I mean, you got to think, yeah. like, these records came out like, 
close to a year calendar date. And you got to think, Jeez. okay, they were touring, and then they also had to write the songs and go to the studio and record them, and then get it pressed. And I mean, like it's like every six months you're pretty much done with the record to get ready to get pressed out, you know? Yeah, fuck. There's only so much time for innovation in there. <laughs> It's unheard of now. I mean, unheard Dude, of. I think, I don't know how long, I think it took him 14 days, not even, I think it was 10 days to do Van Halen 1. Have you heard this? No, but I, I believe it. It's some, like the first three records are like a stupid number, like less than three weeks, all three of them, I'm pretty sure, to record them, which is fucking nuts, as good as they sound, dude. Fucking no, it's, and, when, when, and that's the thing, when bands are like playing on the road, like especially like a probably a road heavy band like mm-hmm. they're probably on tour for a year straight you know oh, yeah. they get off and just go go because i feel like van halen one and van halen two are, are super duper similar because i feel like they were all written in a relatively close time you know what i mean well and some of them if you've ever seen like on youtube they have like old bootlegs and mm-hmm. demo tapes the a lot Simmons of those demos. songs on the first couple records are all we're all pretty much around at the same time they just picked the track listing and kind of switched them around i believe you know? i've heard that there's songs on 1984 that they have demos from in the 78 you know what i mean yeah oh yeah and, and some of them they kind of like float around they go oh this one doesn't fit right now let's change the name and move it somewhere else yep that's crazy man that's such a wild way to do it He's the greatest to ever Definitely. do it, man. Yeah, he was. He was, as a player and an innovator, I mean, you got everybody from, I was so surprised, everybody from John Mayer to, yeah. I mean, Urban, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. On Instagram being like, this man was, the, you know, the, the best. It's, it's just a testament to his playing. It really know? is, man. The outpour on Instagram and everything was incredible. Like, just people I never would have expected, like fucking Kenny Chesney and just, you know, just yeah. people I know that I was like, damn, I didn't even know Van Halen ever touched them, man. And they were all posting just like the greatest, which he is, I think. I think I'm going to make a video after this this week as to my argument as to why he's the greatest. But yeah, it's just, I, it was great. Yeah, I think for the, as an innovator, I, I think definitely one of the, I mean, you've got your classics, of course, that they progress in a way, but no one ever really came along and all of a sudden he said, Hey, this is how it goes. And then I'm yeah. just going to do a complete 180 and then everything changes. Yeah. Cause you listen it's to, crazy. it's so crazy. Cause you listen to shit that's coming out in 77, 78. You're listening to like Aerosmith and kiss. You know what I mean? You listen to those right. records. That's good guitar. And then 1978, you listen to Van Halen and it is a fucking way step above. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a world. I mean, I can't imagine what it would. I mean, I guess we we kind of did get a similar experience when we put in Van Halen, you know, one mm-hmm. for the first time heard Eruption. But Absolutely. I can't imagine hearing all the guitar from that era and then plugging in that song and yes. just being like, yeah, your know, jaw hits the floor. It's got to be just life changing. I mean, it was for us, and we heard it, and we'd heard other shit. Like, we've heard 40 years more of music, and I remember where I was when I heard Eruption, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking yeah, exactly. crazy. Because, I mean, you listen to guys like, I mean, Keith Richards and, I don't know, I guess Jimmy Page is on top in 77. Oh, Jimmy Page, Keith Richards, Clapton, you know, yeah. David Gilmore. I mean, you got these great players, and I love all their styles, and mm-hmm. they innovate in a way, but it's a slower evolution than one guy that just walked up and just said, just hey, did. I'm going to flip it on its head. Yeah, and you know, honestly, he probably had it for a good couple years before that. Honestly, he was probably ahead of all of them in 75, you know what I mean? He just wasn't signed. No, and, and he was, you know, and the thing too is interesting is he, they have songs and demos and stuff where he doesn't really, he doesn't use tapping technique and it wasn't part of his arsenal in, the, in like 75. I've heard this. So you yes. go, 
okay, between 75 and 78, when the first record came out, he somehow found the technique, adopted it, <laughs> ran with it, and then revolutionized it. And you're like, oh my God, That's crazy. like in like three years. Yeah, just fucking it's crazy. He's a semi genius, man. I mean, it's just, I had read something about that too that like, I think there's demos in 76 where he's not tapping. I think it's yeah, somewhere yeah. in a two year span of 77, 78. He takes it and he figures it the fuck out, which is insane. And I know he exactly. used to he used to turn his back to crowds and clubs so they couldn't pick up on it and stuff, which is smart. Because, I mean, yeah. by, by the end of the 80s, fucking everybody's tapping. Everybody's trying to sound just oh, like yeah. him. Everybody's got the super strat with one pickup, you know what I mean? Just change yeah, the game. Exactly. And, well, Josh, uh, I thank you for Chris, calling in. I got a bunch of other callers that I want to get to, so I'm going to let you go. Is that good, man? Of course, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I could talk about uh, one of the guys that, I mean, obviously inspired us all, but yes. made a big impact. So I'm glad we could celebrate it that way. Yes, man. It was a great talk. You brought some good stuff to the table. I might call you back if we run out of callers. We can talk again. <laughs> yeah, man. Just let me know. Sounds good, buddy. Dude, I always thank you for coming on, Mr. Josh Dillman. I'll see you later, my friend. See you later. Bye, buddy. That was Mr. Josh Tillman for you guys. What'd you guys think? Goat. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the bathroom right quick, and I'll be back, and we'll have caller number two, which is Mr. Lee Miller's coming on. So you guys stay with me. I'll be right back. What's up, what's up? Thank you guys for sticking with me out there. I see you three. Drop me a comment if you're having a good time or something. Maybe a thumbs up. I've been drinking this shit, man. It's like lemonade weight loss shit. Not that I need to lose weight, but it's, it just gets me fucking hyped up. Alright. Made a quick share to Instagram. I'm going to try to get some more people in here. About to give Lee Miller from Gibson, Georgia a call. See what we got. Let me know if that audio is okay too. If you guys need any any sort of audio update. Hello, Mr. Lee Miller. What's going on? How are you doing, my friend? I'm vertical and on the side of the dirt. <laughs> you love to hear that. Well, you're on the Jameson on the Rocks podcast right now. What do you think? 
Oh man, first time I've ever been on anything like this. Well, I'm excited for you, man. I'm glad we could finally get you on. I've been, I don't, you offered to let me do it at your place, but I didn't move back to Athens. That'd be a little bit of a drive. <laughs> I sure would, wouldn't it? Just for a podcast, right? Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Well, right now I got you hooked up. I got my phone on speaker and I got a microphone hanging over it, so this should do the trick, don't you think? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, man. You know it. You know why you're here. We lost a great yesterday, Mr. Edward Van Halen. Do you have any Edward Van Halen memories, stories, favorite songs that you like to share? Oh man, I can all I know is I was I can tell you I was sixteen the first time I ever heard him play and it was just like a light switch came on. Oh man. What year uh, is this? You're sixteen, is this seventy eight, uh, oh, I guess? Good. Man, come on. We're talking <laughs> the eighties. Oh yes, the glory days. Yeah. <laughs> so you hear eruption. Did you have the vinyl? Uh, no, no, it was it wasn't that bad. But <laughs> it was, it was on cassette tape. It was on cassette tape. I got a cassette tape sitting right in front of me. Fair warning. That's my favorite record. You got a favorite Van Halen record? Um, it'd have to be the original. That is um, a great one, man. God, it's so good. Front uh, to back. Yeah, it, I think it was just the tone that he was putting out at the time. And if I'm, if I remember correctly, he never could replicate it because he, it was, had something new when they were in the the studio making it. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had a bunch of gear they were using and he didn't keep up with how he put everything in. Yes. In, I've heard something about this that he had wondered. Was, yeah. He was using like a, uh, MXR Phase 90 and a uh-huh. couple other little, you know, gizmos that had been tweaked on and yeah. never could replicate that sound again. I've heard that as well, that they had a trouble, like, it was an, it's an interview, I think it's in 79, where he says that he still can't get it back to that brown sound that he had on that first one. Honestly, they all sound pretty similar to me, but it's kind of crazy that he, even he thinks he can't get it. Yeah, and he was always, I, he was a big, he was a big gearhead. Really, really, was really big gearhead. When he was when he was finally able to able to afford some of the material because you know a lot of his a lot of his stuff is just the tone is just coming from his fingers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, fingers more than anything, which is something that took me a long time to learn. You know what I mean? It's not all about the amp. Sometimes, man, he could play through any rig. It's going to sound like him. Yep, I've I've heard several several guitarists who had the opportunity to you know play through play through his rig really it they said you know it just sounded like them playing <laughs> through something. I bet that's they, like the biggest sound go yeah, ahead one of them one of them in particular was uh was uh nuno Betancourt. he uh he had the opportunity they were doing a they were um i think they were doing a, a record somewhere in la and uh-huh. they were in the the studio the same time that um Van Halen was in there, or at least Eddie was in there, yeah. and um, he actually pulled him in and told him, you know, pick up his guitar and play his rig, and said that's what happened. You know, he hit a couple of chords there. Says the biggest moment of his life, he's sitting there playing through his idol's <laughs> guitar rig, and it sounded like him. <laughs> it didn't sound like, like Eddie at all. I bet that was a major bummer, you know what I mean? Like, we just fantasize about his rig and just being able to play it, and then you plug it up, and you just sound like normal. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. But it, it is. There, there's so much that just goes on between that fretboard and the, oh, the fingers that actually makes the tone. That yes. It is. There's a bunch of really great videos on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen him. There's this guy named Rick Beato, 
and he has one where he's talking about him and Eddie and Don are in the studio doing Van Halen 1. And Don tells Eddie that the closer he can get the microphone to the speaker, the better. And Eddie takes out a pocket knife and literally cuts the mesh out of his cab. Just cuts the front out of it so he can get it even closer. I was like, that's fucking insane. <laughs> Dude's just cutting up his marshals. That's what he did. That's, that's wild. The, he did stuff like that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was reading yesterday just how he uh, he was putting together the uh, the Frankenstrap, which mm-hmm. is he built his own. He built that guitar because he wanted to. He wanted the Gibson the Gibson sound, and Tender he bite. liked the way the Stratocaster felt. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the whole premise behind that him building that. Which is genius. I mean, by the end of the '80s, everybody has one. Yep. And they still look good. I mean, it's still like just a popular and it's like the shredder, you know what I mean? It's great. I've always wanted to get my hands on one of those Kramers that like the Kramer model that they made after him. Yeah, no kidding. And then now he's got his own line out. I think I, I can't remember. Those things are sweet. Have you looked at the website on like the Kramer 5150 or not the Kramer, like the EBH 5150 series? No, no, I hadn't. I hadn't. I've it's, seen them, but yeah. I, I hadn't. They're pretty damn sweet. They're shaped exactly like the Kramer he used in 84. And I got to hold one. I was in Nashville uh, at the Guitar World. They had one. And it's a pretty damn sweet guitar, man. If they made it left-handed, I'd get one. But, <laughs> That's right. You're lefty, aren't you? Yeah, man. So I can't get any of these cool guitars, you know. <laughs> I got to get the lame ones. That's why, well, I got this Destroyer. There's pictures of him. I don't. You might have seen him in around 76. Before he painted the destroyer that he has, it's it's an Ibanez destroyer, and he mm-hmm. cut it out. You know the shark guitar? Are you familiar with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I got this one because I I just always wanted one after seeing him play one. And he says that he cut that chunk out of the body of that one and it ruined the tone. But I don't understand that because he plays it on "You Really Got Me," and the chunk was already cut off. So I don't understand how, what happened to where the tone went away. Yeah, but that and isn't that the one that's got? Got a got a metal clamp where it's yes. holding. Yeah, it's got like clamps the on the back of it. Yeah, it's really cool yep. looking. Yes, yeah, that's, that's some pretty that's some just some innovative stuff he was doing. Then he's got his own. I, I think I think the the wildest thing he's done is that with the uh, the fifty one fifty amp series. Oh man, they're great. I've got one. He's he cited, uh, they're all Fender-made amps, you know what I mean? But, like, he really turned them into a top-tier amp, which is amazing. He did just the, what he was able to just milk out of that thing. Yeah, for sure. And, and then the next ones, he went and just a little bit more, and then uh-huh. he just I, kept the going. last series were just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like he turned his passion, well, obviously music is passion, but like he turned, like once he stopped touring and stuff, he like turned his focus to like making great equipment for people to play, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, yeah, the 50, the latest 5150 have like a, a ridiculous amount of gain in power. Have you ever played one? No, I haven't. I've, I, I've wanted to, and now, I, now since this has happened, you probably won't be able to buy one for anything <laughs> i was lucky enough i got one from a guy on craigslist he wanted they retail for about 1500 for 50 watt head and the cab and the dude was selling it for like 650 and i went and got that thing as soon as i saw it yeah that would have been a steal that would have <laughs> been a steal and then i got my buddy have you ever read up on the variac he would use like he would soak the power down on the tubes and stuff yeah, um, uh, I don't know which one he used, but I, I mean, I'm I'm familiar with with the uh, 
the concept. With, with those, yeah. Yeah, I got my buddy to build me one of those. I take it real easy. He would he would soak the shit out of them, which he apparently was a big part of his sound at the start. But um, I I take it real easy because those tubes ain't cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you smoke a couple of those, and uh, it'll it'll definitely let you walk around a little bit lighter in your wallet. Yeah, you ain't kidding, man. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Yeah, so I take, but it does when you hook it up to that Variac, man. It sounds darker. It sounds really angry almost. Like it just it changes things, which is kind of crazy. I guess I know I don't know if he kept using it after Van Halen two, but I know he used it on Van Halen one. Yeah, I just that that would have to be by far would be the my favorite. I think it's the best selling one. Have you ever heard that? I think it's Diamond. It's rated Diamond for ten million sales or twenty million. Yeah, I I never did never did. no, I know they sold a whole pile of them. I didn't know which one went more than the other. Uh, but I know that was that was the one that I had heard first, and I was 10 years behind at the point. So I mean, front um, to back, just filled with great songs. I mean, Jamie's Crying, You Really Got Me. It opens up with Running With The Devil, which is probably the most badass intro ever. Uh, Eruption, song number two. God, just fucking amazing record. And I don't think he ever played Eruption the same the same way twice. I don't think so either, man. Here you never hear him play it like the record. No, he uh it was always it was it was just something different with it every every single time. I I've watched a ton of videos um with him playing that and it was it was always just something there's something different. I forget there's a there's a word that that he used for it. Um Noodle? No, it was it's it almost like it was a disease where you could play <laughs> the same thing twice. <laughs> That's but, <right>. um, <laughs> anyway, it was pretty. It was pretty neat. Uh, yeah, it is. Just just to hear just to hear the way he he would just do it differently, and um, it was. But it's, it was all you could tell. It was all the same. It was different, but it, at the same time, at the heart of it, it was still all the same. Yeah, like he he has the framework there, and then he could just elaborate on it as much as he wanted, which is fucking awesome. And you knew it. You knew it was him playing it too. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah. You, did you ever get a chance to see him live? No, I didn't. Oh man, I, there, I was going. I was going to try to do it one time. It was back in, I think it was a late late 90s but mm-hmm. uh never did and i'm kicking myself in the foot <laughs> for it you know? yeah you hate it well before the podcast i actually wrote out you said you've watched a lot of eruption videos yeah okay well, me too i've watched as many as i can i got my top three i want to see if you recognize any of them but okay my top three live versions of eruption are us festival in 1983 live without a net in 1986 and there's a version with terrible film and audio quality but it's in 1978 of him playing it and he's got the black and white guitar those are my three favorite versions have you seen any of those by any chance you know i never i never keep up with the names yeah, I mean, yeah. that's pretty impressive that you can that you keep up with the names i honestly i could i, I have no clue about, about the names of them the I'm one i like here. though it was really really poor quality yeah, yeah. Was, you could you could just hear it, it and it was just it was just ridiculous, and I guess a lot of the stuff from them. I'm, I don't really like a lot of the main. I guess the, the the biggest album I like is the first one, which I guess is really main 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 mainstream one. But a lot of the mm-hmm. ones that I like really didn't garner a lot of a lot of playtime. 
Yeah, it seems like the same way for me too, man. That's just like the when when the guy from Extreme actually was the lead singer for that one album. Yeah, Van Halen three, I think Gary Van, Sharon. Van Halen three, yeah. Oh. Um, you know, there's a song off that one. I don't even remember what the name of it was, but I mean, it was pretty darn neat. Um, yeah. I think there there was one on there called like Guns or something. That was the only one I like. It's something about a gun. Um, fuck, I can't yeah, think of I the name. I can't remember what yeah. it was, but yeah, I think well, it was like Without You or something. It was a pretty long, long tune too, yeah. like six minutes and thirty seconds or something. Other. That's surprising. We were talking about that earlier. That I don't think any of the ones, any of the Dave records, I don't think they have a single song over five or six minutes, man. Mm, um, there was. Can you one... think of one? Uh, it was that, uh, oh, Me Wise Magic, I think that's Me Wise Magic, that is a long one. That's a good call. That's, um, uh, Women and Children First. Greatest hit, greatest hits, like, anyway, that's the one where, um, they, uh, they kicked Sammy Hager to the curb after that's that. That's it, okay, so, yeah, that's the last one, right? That's the one where they have the single with Dave and they have the single with Sammy on the Greatest Hits one. Yeah, uh, they yeah. kicked Sammy to the curb, um. I think that was like the straw that broke the camel back with, them, <laughs> with him because they were supposed to do that tune for Twister. It was supposed oh, to. Oh yeah, it. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I've and heard this. Something to the effect of, you know, they wanted him to come in and, you know, try to try to write write that song. They wanted it to kind of fit in with the tune Twister, but they didn't want it to, you know, start talking about tornadoes in the music. And he came up you know, started writing stuff and it was about a tornado and <laughs> they didn't have, they didn't have much time. So they took it, ran with it and just kind of exploded after that. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't know. I knew that there was something to do with that movie. I didn't know that was the exact details on it. Yeah. I remember reading that. It's been a while back. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, that's something that I read in it, but at, on the same, on the same note though, I also just you know, watched something a little bit earlier where, I think Sammy Hager had released via some type of uh, conversation he had with um, Howard Stern mm-hmm. that uh, he and uh, Eddie Van Halen had actually buried the hatchet. A I, I watched this video today, too. That He said that they had been texting. Yep. Yeah, which is great. I didn't know that. I'm glad. Because I know a few years ago, Sammy wished him a happy birthday. I remember where I was when that happened, too. I was like, oh, God, I hope Eddie responds and they get back together. And Eddie never responded, so I guess they've been talking, which is great. I mean, I'm glad they buried the hatchet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mr. Lee, it's been great talking to you. I got a bunch of other callers on the line I want to get to. Thank you for stopping in, man. You had some good insights. It was fun talking to you. All right. I appreciate it, bud. Thanks. Yeah, I hope I can get you on another episode sometime now. All right. Just let me know. See you, man. Take it easy. All right. Bye. Bye. That was Mr. Lee Miller. That was a fun one. He knew. He knew a lot more than I thought. He's got the insights, you know. Thank you, guy. What's up? How are you guys doing? Drop me a comment. I see George's comment now. I wasn't paying attention. He said this man ain't watching his chat. <laughs> I'm multitasking, George. Come on. I'm about to get Mr. Jeffrey Vernon on the phone. Let's see. If you're enjoying it, give me a thumbs up or something. A comment. See who I can get on the phone. Oh, back's hurting. Yo, 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 Mr. Jeffrey. Am I live on the air right now? You are on the Jameson on the Rocks podcast. How does that feel? 
it feels so so good. I feel so alive. Oh man, I've got a SM57 hanging over my phone on speakerphone right now. <laughs> Dude, as a as a recording industry engineer, professional, as a certified recording engineer, I full-heartedly approve this. This is this is genuine. This is analog, bro. You know what I'm saying? This is how you do it. This is the deep cuts, man. <laughs> well, dude, I'm so glad you could join me. Today we're here, unfortunately, because we lost Mr. Edward Van Halen, as you know, yesterday. So, do you have any Edward Van Halen memories, songs, favorite riffs, favorite solos, anything you'd like to discuss with me? Let's do it. Oh, man. Well, I don't even know where to start. Um, real. I'm out. I'm on the streets of Athens right now. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, like... I was, I'm, I've got my laptop out here. I was going to do some, some mixing here uh-huh. outside of uh, Clayton and Jackson. Uh-huh. Anyways. Um, You're trying to get dude, some fresh man, air. Say again? You're getting some fresh air while you mix? Yeah, and some guacamole, man. Um, <laughs> Good for the soul. Good for the soul. You know, I think the main thing for me was like, I was just so surprised at like how viscerally emotional of a reaction I had to um, when he passed because dude. like... I didn't realize how much he influenced my guitar playing. Exactly, you know I mean? man. Like, because I would do all these fun things where I would make the guitar go like, and like, <laughs> and I would always like, try and like, make the craziest sounds I could. Yeah. And then yesterday, when I saw the news, I was just like, that's like, largely why, I think. I think so too, man. Dude, he's so just, God, he was just doing shit that was just unreal. So, yeah, and, and here's, here's the thing I think people... I think they probably know, but the thing for me that separates him even further is like not only did he innovate on that level, but he had control of it. Oh, like man. he could like pull out the tools. Like he didn't just like, you know, push the creative boundaries, but he pushed the discipline as well, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like he I don't even think he thought of them as tools, you know what I mean? He was just how he played, which is crazy. Like he was yeah, like I'll... he would tap in the first verse of a song, which is just unheard of, you know what I mean? It's just just fucking unreal. He'd just be ripping it. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh. his uses of like distortions and, and harmonics and yes. um, the whole thing, man. The whole nine yards. And I and I and I do not pretend for a second to be like a a Van Halen buff at all. Uh-huh. Favorite Van Halen records, Van Halen one, and it's just like I don't know. I think that that when that came, that album came out, a new sort of higher ideal of like what rock and what kind of metal music could be, you know? Yeah, I think at the time they would have considered it heavy metal, I'm pretty sure, don't you think? I think so. Because I know they headlined festivals and it would be like a heavy metal festival and Van Halen would be on the top, which is wild when you think about heavy metal now. But I mean, song, well, songs like I'm the One, that's heavy, that's fucking heavy, man. Yeah, exactly, we'd be good there. But they also still have like the major key tunes, and so it's like, it's yeah. like pop metal. Yeah, and like, it's, polished. it's great, man. Like, Dance the Night Away, and You Really Got Me, dude. Just fucking great songwriting, great everything. It's also just absurd. Like, I know Eddie is the one who died, but, like, the whole Van Halen family, I mean, the fact that, like, um, you know, that they were as talented as they were just as a family is kind of really interesting, you know? It's like the Jackson really 5 almost. Yeah, it really is, man. I mean, the dad, brother, both brothers. I mean, Alex is a great drummer, too. I don't think he gets enough credit, really. Yeah, right, but I mean, if you're, like, playing in a band with Eddie Van Halen, like, That's true. you know, like, it's, how are you expect? It's gotta be but, tough <laughs> to be playing yeah. with an absolute virtuoso, you know what I mean? 
Right, but that's what I think is so like striking to me about about that album is you just look at the front cover and you get those like pictures of David Lee Roth, Eddie Van Halen, and Alex Van Halen. And you're just like, and I I don't know the bass player's name. I'm sorry. Shout <laughs> out to all bass players everywhere <laughs> whose names nobody can remember, including me. I have to, at one point been that bass player. Big bass um, guy. But uh, yeah, just you see each image of each instrument and. And you have somebody playing that instrument that's pushing the boundaries of it. I think that's kind of artistically is really cool the way that all really came together, is. you know? Yeah, and they were just, just a great band all together. I mean, I, dude, when I saw, I don't know if you saw, like, uh, Dave doesn't really use Instagram that much, but David Lee Roth, he said, like, it's been a long, strange trip or something yesterday, man. I got teary out. I was like, because you know they were boys back in the day before all the shit happened. Just missing his buddy now, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what happened with David Lee, Lee Roth leaving the band. I have no idea. It's a long story. Probably shouldn't get into it. <laughs> no, it's, it's quite all right. <laughs> Do you have so, a favorite riff? Um, Top three, maybe. Gotta say, it was running with the devil, dude. God, it's such with, a great one. I always thought before I saw the track list. Whenever I would hear it on the radio or wherever the fuck I would hear it, I guess, I always thought it was Burning with the Devil. <laughs> burning with the Devil. Literally, that's how I thought it. <laughs> that's what I thought the words were for years. That's hilarious. <laughs> how about uh, the start of that, dude? That car horn sound. The very start of it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. They say it's like some car horns that have been slowed down and played backwards. Um. Yeah, that makes sense for for what it is. It almost sounds like a like a what do you call it a Doppler effect. But it was funny yesterday. Yeah. So my 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 pastor, right, my preacher, I was raised Episcopalian. So mm-hmm. You can believe that. But anyways, so he calls me and he's like, "Hey man, like I need your help. We've been swapping emails for the past week or so, and I've sort of like designed a system for him for my church to meet outside because they haven't been able to meet for this yeah. whole like year and." I was coming to do like a walkthrough with like the vestry or whatever. And, um, I was just jamming out to my favorite Van Halen song yeah. running with the devil uh-huh. on my way to, to my church <laughs> to, to like install a sound system to have a, like a socially distanced church service, which, uh, anyways, I, I got a chuckle out of it. That's hilarious, man. It's not, it doesn't seem like a negative song. You know what I mean? No, it's it, interesting. Yeah, I think I think devil can symbolize yeah. a lot of different things. It's you such know? a great one, man. That bass at the start. I mean, all he's doing is hitting a fucking open string, but it sounds so badass. Dude, less Don't. is more. Less is more always. Less I think. is more. Um, yes. Um, what I was thinking of and going to say though was just like I also realized yesterday how many Van Halen songs that I knew. Yeah, I saw you posted. Uh, where have all the good times gone? Yeah, I love that. I one. love. Well, I think that was, was more just sort of thematic for like the fact that <laughs> like you know where we are right now in history. But I think it's a Kinks cover, isn't it? Well, um, you really got me. Is but where have all the good times gone? I, I don't know. They do I, a lot of covers now. That I think about it. I think that's a Kinks song. Hold on, let me look it up. It's a great song. They do a great version of it though. One second. I wish I had Jamie from Rogan to look this up for me. So how many people have you had on the podcast this evening? 
Oh, we've had a few people in and out. We're live streaming on YouTube. I don't know if I told you that. Yeah, it's a Kink song, by the way. Where have all the good times gone? Originally by the Kinks, re-recorded by Van Halen in 83. You're the Van Halen buff. I'm, I apologize. I didn't tune into your live stream yesterday because I basically, I w- it would have driven me crazy to like watch someone else play Van Halen songs because all <laughs> I want to do is like shred on some Van Halen. Yeah, dude. It was so much fun. Like I just played every, I probably, I'm a huge Van Halen buff, as you know, so I played like 15 or 20 songs, man, and like people requesting shit, like deep cuts. It was awesome. I was Josh was on there, Mr. Tillman, you know. And uh, oh, yeah. I was like, damn, Josh, you, you, we should get you and Jeffrey over here and we just come play them together. But but yeah, but Josh could sit on the drums or the bass or the vocals or anything because he's Josh. He's Josh. He can do everything, man. He can do everything. Um, <laughs> All right, man. I, like I feel like you got probably better Van Halen chops than me. <laughs> I've studied I, him, man. He's, he's been my dude for a couple of years. You know, Everybody's got that one guy they're kind of weird about that they just obsess over their music. That's been me with Van Halen. Jeez, man. Well, I think it's I think it's great that that you know we're just like taking this moment to really acknowledge the impact that he has because I don't think there's okay. Try and think of any other guitarist that like has actually innovated That's and like been a legend to that level. I don't think there's. I don't think really there is any. either. I, that's what I'll argue with people all the time. Like just before this, like people try to tell me that like Slash is the best guitarist or some shit. I'm like, dude, look at it, and there's only two people that have absolutely changed the game. And that's Edward Van Halen and Jimi Hendrix, in my opinion. But like I agree you, with that. you look at like the songs that are coming out in 1978. They're Aerosmith and Kiss. You listen to that guitar, and then you listen to Van Halen one one year later. He is worlds ahead of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, just the guitars, like, every, by the end of the 80s, everybody's using the same kind of guitar as him. The way he innovated amps, I mean, just the, the tapping, tap harmonics, tremolo picking, flutters, dive bombs, all that shit, dude. I don't think anybody comes close to him. Yeah, I think I think it's like this, right? So I think the common thread is that, like, these guys would just hold the guitar in their hands and mm-hmm. all the time, everywhere they went, they just had a guitar with them to the mm-hmm. point where it was just, like, an extension of their self. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, one, I should do that. But, <laughs> but two, it's like, I think, I think there's something else to be said for like guitarists that find themselves and their own sound within the instrument more than they find it like studying yeah. music from someone else. You know what I mean? Because think yes. about like, think about a Carlos Santana solo, right? Uh-huh. It's like, you can tell like, Two notes in, who's playing the guitar? It doesn't even matter what the notes are. It's just the way it feels and sounds. You yeah, can you'll tell know. who's playing it. Uh-huh. I think you can tell when Eddie Van Halen is just even holding a guitar because <laughs> it's already just like screaming. You know what I mean? You can sense it. There's something in the air. Exactly. And dude. I mean, there's He's nobody just... that sounds anything like him. Anything like him. Right. I think I think he pulled it off because it's easy to dial up gain and then just have everything become a mess. But like yeah. he had it like a refined chaos, you know? Absolutely. And at the all the time, I mean, his stage performance is still just amazing. He's jumping around. He's doing spins and shit. He's smiling his ass off. I mean, you got to love that. I was thinking about the exact same thing today, bro, with like how heavy my Les Paul is. I was like, okay, huh. if I were to just like jump up and down, like 
I would be dying. (laughs) And he'll do like fucking, you see videos of him in the 80s, dude? He'll do like three or four scissor kicks straight. I'm like, dude, how is my boy not gassed right now? I would be out of breath. Mm. Just legendary, Um, man. Coco, man. (laughs) That'll do it, man. And it was funny, too, because I was like, gone too soon. And then like every video you go to watch of him live, he's just like chiefing on a stove. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you know. Uh, we, I don't know how long you've been tuned in, but like earlier I was saying that like they're trying to claim that it was because this metal pick in his mouth that he held in his mouth. That was the TMZ story. But honestly, it's probably just because he smoked cigarettes for 50 years. You know what I mean? Well, it's one or the other, man. Uh-huh. I don't know. People are saying. People are saying. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> I, I guess I don't actually know, but I feel like it's definitely not just the pick in the mouth. I'd say 50 years of boozing, drugging, and smoking cigarettes did not help. Bad for the body, good for the soul. Good for the soul. He made some great music on it, man. Boy, did he. Can't burn out if you're not on fire. (laughs) You'd love that, yeah. It's better to burn out than fade away. Is that right? Eh? What's that quote? I think that's a Cobain quote. But anyways, Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on. i got a few other guests I'd like to get on, so I appreciate you for coming in and talking to Van Halen with me, my friend. Yeah, man. Take it easy. Appreciate you having me. It was a good time, Mr. Jeffrey. You take it easy now. All right, man. Peace. See ya. That was Mr. Jeffrey Vernon. That was a good good one. We've had some great guests so far. Damn, I just need a breather. I'm about to get some water if that's cool. Thank you guys for staying with me and hanging out. Drop me a comment if you're having a good time. I'll be right back. Still with me? Let's see who I'm about to call now. I've got my friend. Oh, I gotta call Charlie and Bryce. Let's see. Hold on. All right, Mr. Bryce, let's see if you're watching. Who's out there? Give me a comment if you're still out there. Let me see what you got. Maybe even a like, anything? It's like a ghost town. Hello. Hey there. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Mr. Bryce Burnett, you were on the Jameson on the Rocks podcast. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. No complaints? Nah. <laughs> Have you been tuning in? Yeah, you know, uh, the... I saw the, your comment. The, the burnout or fade away quote, that's from... That's from a Def Leppard song. Oh, you're right. I feel like... It's a, is it Photograph? No, it's a Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, okay. But I think they say it, there. I think they quote it, I think it's a quote from somebody else, because they say it at Kurt Cobain's funeral, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Have Kurt you heard Cobain's this? Like, wrote it in his, uh, suicide note. Gotcha, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. So I'm sure it's somebody else quote. Yeah, that's a good catch, though. I was wondering. Nice call. Good call, Bryce. Yeah. So, Bryce, I know we, we got to jam some Van Halen tunes yesterday, which was fucking amazing. But um, you have a favorite Van Halen riff offhand? Top three, top five, anything? Let's see, fifty-one fifty. What? Um, um, let's see. What's that? Um, 
I was just trying to learn it the other day. Um, it's off the 1984 album. Panama? Not Panama. It's um, Hot for Teacher. Top Jimmy, um, Drop Dead Legs. Yeah, it's Drop Dead Legs. Um, so it's yeah. 5150, Drop Dead Legs. And I love Spanish Fly off the second ah, Van That is a good one, dude. He is absolutely ripping that acoustic guitar. And I, I personally think, you know, Spanish Fly is better than Eruption. Somebody said that, or you think that? I think that, because, I, I mean... see it. Spanish Fly, I mean, you could tell, like, you know, he was going for this spanish type, you know, flamenco-type thing. Yeah, yeah. Eruption, like, he's just, like, you know, ripping it out. I think Spanish Fly is more impressive just from a player's standpoint. Like, holy shit, it's hard to play an acoustic guitar like that. I know. Like, you know what I mean? Anyone try to play on an acoustic guitar, it's like, I think the lightest grade string on acoustics are, like, 12s. Yeah, like I can't, I can't play Spanish Fly with the distortion and the volume of an electric guitar. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's more impressive playing wise, but I like Eruption better just for obvious reasons. Everyone likes Eruption, you know. It's the, <laughs> it's the right of passage, you know. Yeah, it's it's really like everybody I'm knows where they were at when they heard it. Anybody who really loves guitar or was inspired to play by it, I think, kind of like, remembers the idea of hearing it for the first time. It's pretty like, fucking, it, dude. That last. 30 seconds. When the tapping kicks in, I think it's at a minute. That's my favorite 45 seconds of music right there. It gives me yeah. chills when I listen to it. The tail end of it, dude, it's so fucking good. It is, you know, it's great. And from what I heard was they were doing the album and he was just, you know, like messing around in the studio and someone said, hey. Yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, it was Ted Templeman said it. And Eddie still claims that he messed up the end of it. Have you heard this? I did. I actually watched a, a video about it. Yeah, he claims that there's a part around the minute mark where he, he hears a mistake that he made and it bothers him. Yeah, it's when he's tapping, he he hit the, he accidentally hits the G-string. Oh, does he? Yeah. Damn, I'm going to have to listen closer. I've never really noticed. It's it's so minute. Like, I, didn't, I never noticed it because, I mean, you think eruption you know it's such already a conflict well it's not even necessarily complicated it's just so fast and flashy that it blows you away <laughs> really man it's just crazy i'm gonna have to listen closer i've never noticed the g-string hit um i never did either until uh, a guy pointed it out in this video he was saying you know there's a mistake in it and it's at this moment you know and I'm oh like, it's at the exact number mark no, I don't remember what he said, what minute mark, but it's during the tapping. Gotcha. Let's check out. It sounds so great. Do you have a favorite, like, I don't know how much you've watched them live. Do you have a favorite live show you watched on live, online or anything? I, I think I, I like the... I guess that's not a fair question, but I was just curious I if you did. Many of, like, I, I really like the... We, we watched it um the one time I came over. It was the 1983... Us Festival? Yeah. Yeah, that dude, that's the best one for sure. Yeah, 1983 at the Us Festival for about a million people is fucking fantastic. God, it's so good. And then Live Without a Net? Do I know? I said, then Live Without a Net? Yeah, Live Without a Net is fucking fantastic. That's my top two. I don't know if you heard me say that earlier, but yeah, that's my top two. Uh, Live Without a Net, that's the Sammy Hagar era, so he starts like mixing things up. He changes the form of it. Yeah. But dude, at the US Festival, he he does the shit where he runs the amplifiers and kicks them, and they almost fall. 
And then he does I've the Mean heard. Street licks where he like does it, and then he lets the crowd cheer, dude. He is on fire that night. You know, and it's so interesting because, you know, it was still early in, in their career. I mean, five years, in, mm-hmm. yeah, five years into their career, you know, and he's yeah. still hungry. It's really not long at all, man. They, they made the climb to the top pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, the band was, like, thrown together, I think, 1974, I want to say. I think I think that's right. It sounds right to me. And, like, I think it was 74 when it was just Eddie, Alex, and this other bass player. His name was, uh, he recently passed away too, man. His name was uh, Mike Stone or Alex Stone or something. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, he yeah. passed away about a few weeks ago, man, which is sad, dude. The whole original lineup will be gone sooner than later. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, David Lee Roth, you know, he might be next. <laughs> he might live forever. He's too happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he's big into like health and fitness and shit, so maybe like. I don't know. Maybe he just lived longer. You never, you never know. I guess that's a hot take, but like, I know he's a big fitness buff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I could, I think maybe Sammy Hate. Well, I, I would hope he doesn't kick the bucket. He drinks a lot of tequila, man. Mas tequila. <laughs> I've always wanted to go down. They have those little Sammy Hagar like birthday bash things at the Cabo Wabo in Mexico. I'd love to yeah. go to that. That'd be fun. Like, him and Mike get on stage and they bring a shit ton of people and they film it and stuff. It's pretty cool. That, that does sound pretty cool, you know. I think I think of, you know, all the Van Halen, you know, members. I feel like Sammy Hagar is probably the nicest one out of them all. He really he does just, seem like a nice guy. It's got to be either him or Michael Anthony. Yeah, I mean, not to say, you know, it's, it wouldn't be Eddie or Alex, but I, I just feel like you could probably approach, you know, Sammy Hagar he seems like a dude you couldn't have a beer with. Yeah, he does he for sure. Think he was yeah, Mike too, though I'd say. Yeah, def- definitely Mike. I don't know much about Michael Anthony. That's why I. Have you know, read the book? Don't you have Running with the Devil, the book? No, I, I actually might go and buy it now that Eddie Van Halen's dead. You well, know? shit, you can borrow mine. I just need it back. I mean, I've still got your book, but <laughs> I'm working on it. Let me go hey, get it. Hold on, stay on the phone real quick. All right. I'll be right back. Okay. So, Running with the Devil, I left that one at home, actually, but here, I have two really good ones that you should read. This right. one right here is one of the best books I've ever read, Van Halen Rising. Have you heard of this one? No, I haven't. God, if you're on the live stream, you can see it. I'm holding up, but How a Southern California Backyard Party Band Saved Heavy Metal. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> it's the story from, like, 1974 to 1979. And then I've got this one, which is Edward Van Halen, a definite biography, which is pretty fucking good too, but not as good. It's more, it's just the Eddie Van Halen story. See, I feel like, I feel like, I, I really hope, you know, since Eddie's dead, mm-hmm. I mean, not, you know, rest in peace, but yeah. I hope Alex or Michael Anthony or David Lee Roth write like a band autobiography, kind of like The Dirt. I feel like Dave definitely should. I mean, I don't know if Alex or Michael would, I don't know if they're really interested in it, but like. Honestly, other than that, oh, excuse me, they, there's a shit ton of tapes in Eddie's studio that, that, that could be released, you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. There's like I a, feel like, there's I feel so like many. I Wolfgang probably, you know, I, I mean, obviously he probably won't hurt for money, mm-hmm. you no. know, I feel like if they, you know, if the band decides, hey, let's release some of these, 
you know, these tracks, you know, mm-hmm. like they could do it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, he, he said it for years that he has a wall of tapes in 5150 that are just unreleased, which blows my mind, because, like, just drop... I don't care what it is, dude. If it's just him playing for fucking six minutes, I don't even have to have a vocal. I'll listen to it. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like... Because I, I, I heard the same thing. Mm-hmm. He, he recorded, like, all these tracks, and he said, oh, you know, it's so much easier to just, you know, write a new song than to figure out what you played on, on this, you know, recording that you made, like... 15 yeah. years ago <laughs> and i'm like he's so right <laughs> <laughs> especially when you play like he does man it's got to be tough to fucking figure out what you were doing <laughs> i mean like, on my, on my old i had like 15 songs i had like recorded like guitar parts like, uh-huh. and i couldn't like i only remember maybe three <laughs> they just disappear well, I, I got a different phone, so I couldn't bring them over with me. I'm sure they're like still tied to my Apple ID, but I'm just like, eh. Yeah, it's like if they don't make it out in time, they just disappear sometimes. Yeah, you know, and my, my cousin, you know, he always said if the song is good, it'll stick with you. That's true. I believe that 100%, man. Yeah, All I right, think Ms. like any great idea, you know, it'll, it'll stick with <laughs> it'll you. Stay. That's why I, all right, Mr. Bryce, I'm about to get off the phone. That was a good little talk. Thanks for calling in, my friend. All righty. Thank you so much. That was, uh, that was a good 10 minutes. I appreciate that. You had some good insights. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. It was nice being on. I got a few people in the comments who want me to play some Van Halen, so I'm going to have to play some for them right quick. All righty. Sounds good. All right, you take it easy, brother. You too. Bye. All right, I'm about to play some for you, if that's okay. Let me know if this audio is okay, because... I'm not really sure how well you'll be able to hear it. Let me know if you can't. Okay. For all of you that have tuned in this long, I very much appreciate it. I had a great time talking about Van Halen. I've still got one more guest I gotta call. I actually forgot to message him today, but... How well can you hear that? Give me a thumbs up or something if you can hear that. Unchained? Hold on, I'm out of tune. Need to be louder? Alright, I'm back. Any Van Halen requests? I'll play them. But I was going to talk about his techniques, man, just for starters. Um, obviously, everybody knows tapping, but like, just the crazy idea of taking this finger, inserting this into your nut up here. So now he can move his nut around along with that note if he needs it. You know what I mean? And he can let go and add another note. kind of what he does on Hot for Teacher.
pretty damn genius. And then he takes it and he says, you know what? If I hit the note a couple frets down, I can, a certain amount of frets down, it'll make a tap harmonic, so. Natural harmonic with your tapping. Badass, isn't it? I mean, it's just impressive. And then, I mean, obviously, other people, Jimmy Page did some tapping stuff, like he just grabbed a note. Eddie saw him doing it and took it to the next level, which is impressive. And I mean, even more with the harmonics, he would do this shit. Just running his hand up. Just running his hand up and down. I think he called that a flutter, which is impressive. Tremolo picking. Dude, it's just legendary. Butchered it. that song oh yeah sink chokehold beat it solo i got you man appreciate you tuning in that's such a tough one like it's a fun one to play but send his top three for me solo wise he's on it let me tune right quick i'm sorry Apologies, I was just atrociously out of tune.
Alright, beat it solo. Let's do this. Nice one, dude. How do you like that? Alrighty. I think that's pretty good. Do you guys have any other requests before we go? <laughs> I appreciate it, Chokehold. That's nice. <laughs> Alright. Thank you guys all for tuning in. This has been Jameson on the Rocks, episode 12. Oh, shit. I gotta call my buddy Charlie. I almost forgot. Charlie's gonna be pissed. Let me call Charlie and we'll call it a night. If he answers. Here we go. Moment of truth. Twitter. At Jameson Tank 27, I think. Mr. Charlie might not answer. Your call has been forwarded no. to an automated voice messaging system. In his defense, I did forget to text him the actual time of the same tonight. So that's my bad. All right, let me check my Twitter handle. Hold on. Let's see. Yeah, at JamisonTank27, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter and subscribe on here. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you all tuning in. This has been Jameson on the Rocks, episode 12, in honor of Mr. Edward Van Halen. Got to play some Van Halen tunes, talk about his legacy, how great he was, just everything he did, man. Uh, yeah, it was great. It has a bunch of great guests on, Mr. Bryce, Jeffrey Vernon, uh, Josh Tillman, Mr. Lee Miller. Yeah, we had a great time. Had a, just a fantastic time playing, talking about Mr. Eddie, man. He's the greatest to ever do it, in my opinion, and uh, his music will live on forever. So yeah, y'all take it easy. Thanks for tuning in. It's been Jameson on the Rocks, episode 12. Hour 30, that's pretty good. See ya. Beautiful